Well, good morning. I hope you can uh, hear me okay. Uh, it's great to be here this morning. Uh, uh, kind of a rainy day, but uh, we're not going to let that dampen our spirits today. Uh, so excited to see everybody. It's so great to be here in Lawrence and be with you uh, to this morning. I appreciate Willie talking about the uh, exit here, uh, that we can't get out of the parking lot. So I always love speaking to a captive audience. Uh, so I just wanted to let you know that uh, we're excited to be here. We do bring greetings from the church in Kansas City. Uh, Kevin and Clarissa, I think, are coming back here soon from their uh, meeting in Panama, Panama, I guess it was. Yeah. And, uh, and it's so neat to have them in uh, leading our church now. We do have, if you're not uh, aware of it, a couple of other couples now that are working with the church. Uh, we have Tyler, who's preaching in Kansas City today, Tyler Moser and his wife, Kelsey. Yeah. And then we have Randy and Kim Ware that are also going to be joining our staff in November. So we are so excited for how God has blessed us as a church there. Always a blessing for our church to be with you guys. And, and to, we're looking ahead in a couple of weeks for the joint service together. And uh, so and encouraged just to have our great fellowship together. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we're excited to really share some things. I'm going to let Jody uh, kind of greet you a little bit. And I'm going to have then a, a opening uh, scripture. And then I'll go into our message here. But I'll let her share a few things with you first. Well, I just wanted to say it's so great to be with all of you. And this church is so dear to our hearts. And I think about um, Ken and Esther and what great friends they are and how they've been with us at really wonderful times and really hard times. I think about when Mark had open heart surgery and they were the first couple that I called to please come spend time with me and to be with me, and they're just dear friends, and I'm so thankful, so so thankful for the impact they've had on our family. And obviously, um, Katie and Willie, and it's so encouraging to, for, to me to see Katie and Willie and just their love and their faithfulness and their zeal. And then I just think of our sweet China doll that is here, Ariana, our youngest daughter, and um, just uh, she's just a cherished gem, and I just treasure time with her. And we usually get time about once a week or once every week, every other week, and it's my favorite time of all, and I'm so thankful. But I'm really also so thankful for all the married couples and all the families that support this church and love and serve and give and sacrifice so much. And it's such an inspiration to be with all the yes. campus students. And I'm going to share a little bit more, a little bit more with my testimony. But I was baptized 38 years ago in the campus ministry. And it, it, I just hold it so dear to my heart. And I'm so thankful for the church here and what you mean to each other, but what you mean to the brothers and sisters in Kansas City as well. Amen. You want to, uh, I think we have... Some pictures oh, that Jody So I am a grandma, and you know, you all know that. So this is Eric, or Ellie, Ellie Joe, and she'll be one the end of this month, and we'll actually be in Dallas at the Youth and uh, Family Conference with them on her birthday. And this is her birthday, her birthday announcement that's coming up. Mark just thought we just had to stick this in there, you know. Really doesn't go with anything, but we wanted to stick it in. But so we're so thankful for family. And just God richly blessing. You know, some people say, oh, my goodness, it's so wonderful being a grandma. And I love that, but I've always treasured being a mother. So it's just another treasure that I get to enjoy is being a grandma, too. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to introduce our, our lesson today. Uh, we're gonna, the title of our lesson today is Hope. And, and it's, a, it's an amazing lesson for us to really consider. I want you today, I don't know kind of what's been happening in your life, but I want you to leave today with hope. 
I want you to leave today understanding how God has something to say to you from his word. You can be turning in your Bibles over to Romans chapter 5. I want to read our theme scripture, Romans 5 verses 1 through 5. It says in verse 1 there, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. I'm going to say a short prayer and then I'm going to let Jody share her testimony with you. Lord, thank you so much for this day. I pray that you would help us to understand the great peace and the love that we have and especially, Lord, that we can leave here today understanding the hope that you have stored up for us in heaven and in our lives today as we walk with Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you'd be with us. Help us to open our hearts to your word, to obey you, to love you, and to live lives that give glory to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, um, scripture I was thinking is 1 Peter 1, um, and it talks about God's great mercy has given me new birth and living hope through the cross. And I, you know, um, I first realized about God's amazing love when I was 20, and I was a junior in college. And I worked with this girl, and we went to college together at Illinois State University, and her life had radically changed. And so I went to church with her, and it was a service just like this, where the Bible is just practically taught. And I remember they studied Romans 6, and I remember that way back then. And I thought, okay, what I do understand, I've never obeyed, and the other parts I don't know, so I need to learn. And I started studying the Bible that very day. And, you know, it, it, it reminded me to just seeing his amazing love because I didn't know I was in search of God at the time. I thought I was living kind of the life and just partying and impurity and however there's a lot of guilt shame and fear that go with that and I was so grateful because then I learned about his amazing love and that I could be forgiven and I always grew up knowing that Jesus died for the world but I had never realized no that was me and my sin and I'm so grateful for that grace and mercy that he gave me um, and, and really being able to make him Lord and, you know, while I was studying the Bible, I was sharing with my family. I was living with my dad and stepmom for about six months because I had transferred from the University of Nebraska to Illinois State. And so I was living with them when I was first met, and I was studying, so I kept sharing with them the scriptures and everything. And really, they liked some of the changes, but it was also scary because my life was changing so radically. So I wasn't getting home at 2 in the morning, which I'm sure that felt good as far as peaceful, but at the same time, it was scary for them, and they didn't know. Um, at the same time, my sister sent me the Lutheran Catechism to try to just persuade me to hold to the teachings that I had grown up with, to traditions. And so, and she was always my best friend, and she was the more spiritual one in our family out of everybody. So I wasn't. So even that, it was like she was trying to persuade me because she didn't understand either, even though I was trying to share with her. And I remember I was waiting uh, Friday night after devotional to be baptized, and my dad I was so excited because he was going to be back in the state to be able to come. 
And at the time, though, before we left, he was in a fit of rage and really angry and mad. And so I knew it wasn't going to work for him to come and be a part of that. And so with that, though, I knew that I wanted to make Jesus Lord. So it did, you know, it was really about holding to his word over my feelings, emotions, and religious traditions, and even what family or friends would say. And, you know, so I continued to beg God, though, for my family. And, and I look at just how God had worked. At the same time, when I was met, the girl that met me and studied with me, she actually left God in the church six months after. And about five to six other disciples left with her. And it was a young campus ministry because it had just been planted six months before that. So once again, my faith was tested, and my hope needed to be in God and not in people. And so with that, you know, um, it's amazing when you look at God's truth and the hope that he gives, and when you're faithful, the miracles he does. And I'm getting there, because I know the first part's kind of a bummer there on some of those things, okay? Um, but just trusting in the unseen and what God does. You know, over the years, I've seen many campus students be restored and come back, as well as many campus students become Christians, as well as many adult friends of ours and singles that we studied the Bible with this year and seen a great harvest. It's been so encouraging. And Stephanie Betancourt, she actually came with me today. This was really amazing. Um, her best friend I studied the Bible with seven years ago. She's in the Chicago campus ministry. So she started FaceTiming Stephanie, and now we're in a Bible study every Monday night. And Stephanie's getting close to making Jesus Lord. So she drove over, and so she also be a part of your Simple Truth campus ministry. But it's amazing how God works and continues to does, do miracles. You know, when my dad was 50, so that was just a few years after I was baptized, he was given six months to live. He had 100% blockage in two main arteries and 80% in the other, and he had had three massive heart attacks. So they said there wasn't enough good muscle as far as to bypass two. That's the news they gave him in Kansas City. Well, we serve an amazing God, and I remember begging God to spare his life, but not just to spare it, but that he'd have years to glorify him. And my sister, who's a surgical nurse, called Houston Methodist Hospital. Dr. DeBakey, who originated the bypass surgery, said we could bring my dad down. We went down. I'll never forget that doctor came in and said the same thing that they said in Kansas City. However, he said we can have you in surgery first thing in the morning. That was 32 years ago. And my dad, uh, 15, 18 years ago, they quit their job, sold their home in Nebraska, moved to Kansas City, and were baptized a month later. And he served the church and, and the fellowship there for the last 18. So no matter where it starts, you never give up, and you see how God moves. And then my sister, who also was my dear friend, which is Katie's mom, um, she actually, it was like 17 years ago, they also sold their house, quit their jobs, moved to Kansas City, got careers there, and she was baptized that year. And I'm sure Katie and Willie have shared the amazing news is Mike, my brother-in-law, was baptized three weeks ago. And that's after praying for him for 38 years. So we serve a God of miracles, and he's so faithful to us. And I'm so thankful for his grace and mercy, and I'm also so thankful that you allowed me to share with you today. I'm always so glad to have Jody share her heart. She does such an amazing job with that, and I'm so grateful for how God has blessed my life with her and with our family and, and being here today. 
You know, it's exciting for me to really consider uh, just what God has, the hope he gives us. You know, I, I, have, I had never met Wesley before. He got up and did contribution. I, I wished he could come up and do the sermon. He, I just, he just exuded the joy and the hope of the Lord. I just thought, you know, we've already had an illustration right there, you know, and, and Jody does the same thing. But, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for what God, how God has worked in our lives. You know, I want to have you think as we begin here today, you know, what do you need the most right now in your life? And, I, and you campus boys, don't be talking about lunch. We're not talking about lunch right now. Uh, you know, what you need the most is something a lot deeper than lunch. What you need right now is, is more deeply than just friends. You know, we need hope in the Lord. You know, we're all looking for peace. We're all looking for hope. And that's the message I want us to bring today. I want us to look at this scripture because I think that in Romans 5, it really outlines this message of hope to us. And I want to really be a part of really opening our lives and our eyes to what God has to do for us. You know, today you may have come this morning and maybe it's on your heart right now. If I asked you, if you could stand up and share, this is the thing that's on my heart, what would you share? Because it's, it's amazing to really consider. Maybe you're going through some real fears right now. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're in school and you're afraid you're going to flunk out. Maybe you're uh, going through a, a time of change in your life and you're not sure where that's going to lead you and what's going to happen. You don't know exactly. Uh, maybe you're going through a hurt. You know, I know as we, we mentioned in praying for Holly for her surgery this week, how, how scary that is to go through those kind of times. And we'll be praying for you as well, just because we know how hard that is to, to not know what's going to happen as we look at the future. You know, we have loss in our lives. We have physical hurts. We have emotional hurts. We have challenges to our lives. Maybe this morning you came in here feeling very lonely. Maybe this is the first time you've ever been here and you're thinking, I don't know everybody and I don't know how all this fits in. And then they block me in the park lot so I can't leave. You know? <laughs> What's going on? What kind of church is this? You know? <laughs> Maybe you've had a real hurt because a relationship has just gone south on you. You know, I don't know what's going on in your life. But, you know, I know that God gives us hope. This morning, you may have come in here feeling lost, but I want you to leave today feeling hope. Yes. And today, what I want to highlight here is really a key to hope. The key to hope is found here in Romans 5, but through the whole Bible. You know, I, I want to really look at that, and I want to really consider this again for you. And I want to read this again. As we start in verse, uh, verse 1 again there, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we've been justified through faith. You know, I really believe the first key to us understanding hope today is peace with God. Our first key is peace with God. To understand that our peace comes from being justified by God. You know, you can't justify yourself before God because none of us are without sin. None of us have done enough good things to equal out what we've done uh, in error and in, you know, in opposition to God. And yet God has given us justification. You know, I listened, I listened to tape series even again this last week from Gordon Ferguson. I don't know if some of you may know Gordon Ferguson. He's, he's a great guy. He's an old southern preacher, you know, and he's older than me. 
Can you believe that? Uh, you know, but, but he, he takes that word justification. He says, if you draw that word out, it's just as if I'd never sinned, you know? And, and I think that, you know, that's how I look at justification. It's just as if I never sinned. God has that kind of power in our lives. You know, Paul says it this way to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. He says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Think about that for a second. God made Jesus who had no sin to become sin for you so that you could be saved. That's an amazing. That's not something we can do. That's not something we can maybe even comprehend. But I think it's amazing to see the peace that we have with God. I think a key also is really in that sentence, peace with God. What do you emphasize? I want to emphasize for us today peace with God. Because I feel like a lot of times in my life, and I'm probably a lot like you, I struggle so hard to try to find peace on my own. I try to work it out with my strength, with my understanding, with my abilities. I try to get advice from everybody. And it's good to get advice from people, but peace is going to come with God. It's not going to come without God. You could do chants, you could do uh, reflections, you could do all the things that they do in the world today to try to find peace. But it's not real peace because it's not going to free you from sin. It's not going to take away your sin like God can. You know, the thing I want us to see is that God has blessed our lives. He really wants us to be at peace. You know, I love, uh, you know, we, I, I like to show pictures of my granddaughter because that just cheers my heart. And it doesn't have anything to do with the message, but I just want you to see her. You know, <laughs> she's amazing, you know. But, you know, when I look at a little baby, a baby that's sleeping, they're, look at, they're so at peace. When I look at Ellie, she loves to smile and, and, and do great things. You know, when, there was a, I don't know, what's that called, Jody, an Instagram or whatever it was that... <laughs> Where they showed, showed a little video. Yeah, is it? Thank you very much. That's a different language for me altogether. I, I'm fluent in just English, not, uh, not phone usage. But the thing is, uh, they had a little video of Ellie, our granddaughter, sitting there with her little best friend. And they're sitting there, and she's chewing on a little veggie straw. You know those little veggie straws? She's like this, and her little friend reaches over and... Pulls it out of her mouth, puts it in her mouth. And Ellie just kind of looks at her and goes, reaches down, grabs another veggie straw. You know? She's at peace. You know? I mean, we worry so much about our veggie straws, you know? Life is better than that, you know? But, but God gives us peace. But, you know, this morning... and. And to really look at it in a serious way, I want you to understand today, if you're not at peace, you need to ask why. Because God's design for you, God's promise to you, God's hope for you is that you will be at peace. He loves to see you smiling. He loves to see you exuberant. I can't even say it. Exuberant. You know, he loves to see people like Wesley up here talking about contribution, you know. And I think it's so neat to see that, that, that we have that hope in God. You know, I think of that old saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. See, that's wrong. See, the world has influenced you, brother. You know, because uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get praying. Yeah, you know, see, I, sorry, Ken. I set you up for that, Ken. Sorry. 
But the thing is, I, I really feel like, you know, you look at in the Bible, if you go through the Gospels, how many times Jesus withdrew to lonely places? How many times? I mean, and he was the son of God. He had all the strength, all the ability. He could have commanded the angels to come down and do anything he wanted to. But he depended on God. Being with God was his peace. Being with God is your peace. And being with God will bring you hope. You know, I think that we've got to really understand that, that Jesus understood the importance of walking with God. You know, we need to listen to God. Studying God's word helps us to hear God's perspective on our situation. When we try to figure it out on our own, we, we just mess it up. You know, the best of us is a mess. And so we see Jesus really showing us the way. We need to listen to God, but we need to walk with God. Because just learning about it isn't enough. We've got to put it into practice. We've got to grow close to God. But that's our first point. The second point is stand on grace. We need to stand on grace in our lives. And, and I think the importance here in verse 2, it says, I'm going to read starting in verse 1 through verse 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know, today we need to take a stand. It's not an easy stand because the world opposes us because Satan is opposing you. He is a roaring lion waiting to devour you and you got to stand against him. You got to put on the full armor of God every day and that's not easy. It's hard to take a stand in a world that, that looks at you like you're an idiot because you have faith. It's hard for you to go on the campus and, and, and stand for something that everybody just kind of sneers at. But I tell you, you're going to walk away with peace, and they won't. And you're going to have hope, ultimately and eternally, and they won't. And that's not a comparison, and I, 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 I'm sorrowful about that. I want everybody to know this peace. I want everybody to know this hope. And so I really want us to be able to take a stand. You know, there's an old, there is an old saying, and I won't get you to quote it, so I'm not trying to set you up again like I did Kim. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the thing is, that we've got to really understand that uh, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And in our lives, if we don't stand for God's grace, if we don't stand on God's grace, what are we standing on? You know, Jesus told a story about building your house on a rock, not on the sand. Because he says the storms are going to hit. And, and, and uh, you know, kind of a, you know, I, I hate to... to you burst your bubble, but life gets hard sometimes. And you may have already experienced that. And if you haven't, you know, it, it, it may be around the corner in some ways. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I just say that to prepare you. Because things aren't always peachy. Things aren't always great. And yet at the same time, God gives us the opportunity to stand. You know, in verse 2, it says, Through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. We need to gain access to this grace that we can stand on. We gain it through that faith we have in God. We believe in God. We hold to his teachings. We stand firm in that truth. Gain access. You know, uh, I was trying to impress some guys I was studying the Bible with this week. And uh, just to show my, you know, strength in the use of my phone, 
I put on my phone something I heard from other people. I put on a quick trip app. Like, this is cool, you know? A quick trip app. And so I was so proud of myself, I punched it in and did all this, and I ran to Quick Trip to get it, and they didn't know anything about my pizza I ordered. Because I didn't do it right, for one. Uh, but it, because it said, do this, and then it says now, okay, register, or not register, but sign up for it or whatever. So I got on it, and I put in all my information, right? And there was a button, it says access. And every time I hit that, it just look at me like, what? <laughs> I couldn't, you know, and I brought in the lady at, at Quick Trip, and, 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 you know, by the grace of God, she gave me my pizza anyway, you know. Uh, and, uh, but the thing is, my app didn't work. I couldn't get access to this app. And, and then she told me how to do it. Now I can do it anytime, so anybody wants some pizza, I'll order. Uh, but, you know, we have to gain access to this grace in which we now stand. We gain it through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, Paul was writing to the Corinthians who were going through a lot of struggles, a lot of trials in their lives. And he said in, in uh, chapter 15 and verse 58, he said, Therefore stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, we need to understand that God's hope for us is that we'll take a stand that will last forever. You know, Stanford, let nothing move you. You know, we've got a lot of world around us that's trying to move us. Every commercial, everything that we, every place we go, somebody's trying to market something at us, or, or we're trying to, people are trying to con convert us to something else and to change our lives. But we need to stand on the truth. You know, you can't stand on your own. Just like I was saying about peace, we're not going to have our own peace. We're not going to be able to stand on ourselves either, our strength, our ability. But God has freed you. You know, it isn't about you measuring up. It's about you uh, meeting up with God and to really see what God has in store for us. You know, the thing that's exciting to me is that, and the last key is this, exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. You know, that's amazing. You know, and you look at it, it's exercise, exercise, not exorcise, okay? Make sure we, uh, Halloween's coming up, you know. We're not trying to be the exorcist up here. But sometimes in my faith, it's so distant that, you know, sometimes I do have to exercise my faith. But, you know, we've got to really see that our hope is in God. Exercise your faith. Some of you, if you've been around here for a while, you may know uh, my, my son Nathan, one of his best friends is Kyle Spears. You, some of you may know Kyle. He's 6'10". Played basketball at University of Missouri in Kansas City there. And uh, he's a really nice guy. But I went and watched them play basketball. It was so cool because, you know, if they didn't know what to do, they'd just lob the ball up to Kyle and he'd just slam it down, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, that'd be great to do that. I'd love to do that. But I don't have a lot of hope to do that in my life. <laughs> uh, number one, because I'm, you know, he's 6'10 and I'm uh, 5'10. But there was a guy in my day and age, some of you older guys will know, a basketball player named Spud Webb was 5'8", and he won the slam dunk competition for, I think, a couple of years. But that guy, could, he could sky. Man, that guy could go up and throw the ball down. You know, and, and so the thing is, though, if I exercise, I have a chance. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance, right? You know? Now, it's going to take a lot of exercise. 
and new knees and a whole bunch of other things. But, uh, you know, hey, who knows? Someday maybe I can go for it. <laughs> but you've got to exercise your faith today. You know, are you rejoicing in the life that God has given you? To understand that God has blessed you in a special way. You know, who are you looking to glorify today? And I think a lot of that is, as the scripture helps us to see here, you know, through, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Our hope is in the glory of God. The hope is not in your glory. The hope is not you being on, in lights or, or on, the, on the front of the page. The glory needs to go to God. But he says in verse 3 something that was really challenging to me when I first read it in my life. It says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. How are you doing with that? <laughs> That's the weirdest thing I ever read. How in the world am I going to rejoice in my sufferings? That doesn't even make any sense. And God just kind of smiles and says, you'll see. You'll see the hope it brings. You'll see the peace it brings. And yes, no, I don't want you going. I hate that you go through suffering or struggles or trials or hardship. But it's important for you to exercise your faith. You've got to exercise it. You've got to see it. You know, in James 2, and this is just a reference here. In James 2, verse 17, it says, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is what? It's dead. If I have faith, but I don't do anything about it, if I have faith, but I don't live it out, if I have faith, but it's all in my head and not in my life, it doesn't do any good for me. Because we understand you've got to exercise your faith. You've got to put it into action. You've got to help it grow and, and, and change. You know, it's exciting to see that, that the scriptures here help us to understand what it does in our lives. We see in, in chapter uh, uh, verse 3 of chapter 5 again, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. You know, we've got to understand that God's hope is not going to disappoint us. You know, another scripture I wanted to go to before we close here today is uh, in Hebrews Hebrews chapter 12. Because see, when we go through trials and hardship, we've got to understand that those things bring us to our knees before God. Those hardships, the hardship that makes maybe the worst thing you've ever gone through in your life, what's it make you do? It makes you get open with people. It makes you get open to God. It makes you listen, maybe for the first time, to realizing the whole world doesn't revolve around me. Maybe I need to surrender it to God. Sometimes it's a loss that I go through. Sometimes it's a hardship. And yet God has a lot to teach us about this. In, in Hebrews chapter 12, I love this scripture. Because it, it, it goes on to help us understand in verse 7 there. Something that I think is really important. It says, endure hardship as Discipline. There's another world word I didn't like. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children, not true sons. 
Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more shall we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good. See, if you're going through a hardship right now, do you realize it's for your good? And it may not feel like it, and it may not be maybe something you look forward to, but God knows it's for your good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. You know, I look at that and, and it, it encourages me to see that over my life, and, and I appreciate what Jody shared, the, 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 the glory of God, the glory to God for the things that have occurred in a time when it was very hard, a loss she felt. Her family who said, hey, I, I'm not with you on this. And yet, because she stood firm, because she stood on grace, because she had that heart to exercise her faith, she's able to see those things turn into a harvest of righteousness. Amen. And see, I think for you, it can be the same way. And for me, I could tell you a bunch of stories as well. That over the years and all this time being a disciple, to see that God has continually answered my prayers as I've gone to him. And that has trained me to harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. And then in verse 12 it says, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. You know, I had uh, my dad, I always, I love my dad dearly. When I was a kid and I'd try for sports, I was always a bit smaller than everyone else. So he was trying to always get me going. And uh, so he'd always, you know, I'd be playing sports and I'm just trying to keep up and he's just pushing me on. And, uh, you know, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd use things to say to me to try to help me, get me motivated. So don't, don't be a wimp or don't do this. And it would just make me feel worse, you know. Like, Wait a minute. But, it, but you know what it did? It got me, got my dander up. You know, I was like, I'm not a wimp. You know, I don't have feeble arms or weak knees, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do what God called me to do, and I'm going to go after it. And it taught me to be, you know, determined. Taught me to be, you know, greater than I could be. Understanding that, that it's not easy to keep up with the world around us. And yet God's going to give you what you need. Yeah. You know, uh, in the famous words of one of my coaches in, in high school, he said, well, Mark, you're small, but you're slow. Uh, <laughs> you know, you look at these things and we understand that God is greater. Our hope's not in our ability. Our hope's not in our size. Our hope's not in the, the, you know, the arms we've got or the knees that we've got. It's, it's in the will of God. It's in God's word. It's in God's heart. You know, the three keys we find today for hope is find peace with God. Seek him. Seek his word. Seek his will in your life and you'll find hope. Stand on grace. Understand that uh, when you gain access to God through faith, he's going to give you the ability to stand. Nothing's easy, but God works for the good of those who love him. You know, Edmund Burke once said, the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. <laughs> 
I think in our lives, you know, we can let evil just reign in our world. But when we are disciples of Jesus Christ, we stand up. We are counted. We make a difference. We don't just let evil take over. We stand firm. And, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against us, the Bible says. We have that kind of strength in God. But it's not our strength. It's God's strength through, through us. And today, too, I want to really encourage you and I want to challenge you. Exercise your faith. Today, figure out a way. I want you to discover a new way that you can exercise your faith. Maybe it's a hardship. Maybe something's gone on in your life, but you say, you know what, God, I'm going to bring glory to you through this challenge in my life. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to get open. Maybe it's a sin in your life that's, that's defeating you. I want you to get open with somebody about that today and say, you know, by God's power, by God's grace, I'm going to overcome this to his glory. You know, rejoice in our sufferings, understanding that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not disappoint us. You know, as Paul was writing in the letter to the Galatians in a tough time they were going through, he closed out his letter from them by saying, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, let's understand hope in God today. Let's close out with a prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your love, for the hope that we have in you. The hope, Lord, to be with you, to find peace with you as our Lord and Savior. To stand on grace because it's not our will, it's not our ability and not our power. It's your grace and your mercy in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to exercise our faith today, to, to honor you, uh, to obey you, to stand firm, to make a difference in our world today as we stand and are counted for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you for this opportunity. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.